Our gospel lesson this morning comes from John 15, verses 26. That doesn't seem right. 26 or 16. Six, anyways, John 15. Um, excuse me, John 15, 26 through 16, 15. <laughs> but when the helper can't, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whomever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Praise God for his word. Continue worshiping in song. Uh, would you please rise with me as you're able? as we sing, O God, our help, excuse me, Spirit of God, descend upon my heart.
on the inside of each of the pews we have a friendship register so as I call the ushers to come forward to see the morning offering just take note that you're here and pass it along and then have it passed back and if you if you know someone you haven't seen for a while or someone new after the service take the opportunity to say hi and share in some uh, Christian fellowship would you bow with me in prayer Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this Pentecost Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for your words. We've read it today. Thank you for the songs we have sung that speak of the truth, the truth of your love 
for us, the truth of the sacrifice you made for each one of us, that you desire that personal, intimate relationship with God the Father, the creator of the universe. And Lord, at this time in our service, we just give back a portion of what you've blessed us with. And, and Lord, my prayer is that uh, the offering this morning would be impactful, would be impactful to the ministries of Maple Park that touch lives, would be impactful to change lives that would focus upon you, would be impactful to the giver, Lord. So Lord, I just uh, lift up this gift to you, lift up this offering, and ask your blessings upon it. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together as we sing.
worship service the beautiful prayers that have been expressed in our song. God is faithful. God is our help in ages past and for all the years to come. My hope today through this message is to continue that prayer of God's blessing, provision, and his place of rest in the midst of the mission that he has called us to. And as we celebrate the installation of a new shepherd of Maple Park Church, I invite you to take your Bibles, if you have them with you, and let us, as I read with, for you, Psalm 121 also will be on the screen. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. 
Oh God, you are our help in ages past. By your word and the power of your Holy Spirit, transform our hearts and minds, Lord, that we would follow you, knowing how much you love us, that you've died for us, to pay the price for our sin, that we would have life and life eternal in you. And God, that we would have the joy of letting our lives be a testimony of your goodness and your grace in the midst of hardship and joy. Father, may this not only be the prayer of our hearts, but may it be our very being, our very mission in all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today does mark a special day in Maple Park's 57-year history. Maple Park's history is one of God's faithfulness in the midst of trial and triumph. Triumphs of discipling people young and old through the ages. Triumphs of seeing God plant churches through the ministry of Maple Park up and down I-5. I I want us to pause. I don't know if you've realized this, church. Do you know that this church played a role in planting Word of Life Lutheran Brethren Church in Marysville, Washington? That was part of discipling and shaping your pastor today. What a gift. What a blessing as we humbly serve him in mission. This church has had a part in celebrating God raising up pastors and missionaries for his work. I just had a chance last month to visit with Ethan Christofferson. 30 years on the mission field in Taiwan. He served among you. Many of you never met, have not had a chance to meet Ethan. But Maple Park is a special place in his heart. Forming him, shaping him, sending him out as a missionary. But perhaps it is God's faithfulness in the midst of the trials that she has faced that has shaped me, inspired me, given me incredible hope in God's love and faithfulness. We've seen fire. I feel a little bit like a James Taylor song here. We've seen fire, we've seen rain. <laughs> we've seen fire. We've seen vandalism. We've seen ministry setbacks. We've seen a church split. But God has been faithful to bring his message of Jesus Christ to the world through us. Little us. Who are we? But dearly loved by him. Psalm 121 is part of a group of psalms called the Songs of Ascent, which were sung each year by the Israelite people as they would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship God at the temple. Now, some of you are just back from the Holy Land. And so when I share about these things, you have pictures in your mind of what this was like. 
what this could have been like. For most, this involved descending the mountains around Jerusalem, and this was often a dangerous journey because of the physical dangers as well as the threat of thieves and thugs seeking to take advantage of the pilgrims. Psalm 121, the author lays out his fear about this journey, but also his enduring hope to keep going. The call from the psalmist to lift our eyes was initially a warning against what trouble could be coming over the next hill. And as a nation, we have experienced plenty of trouble that could tempt us to worry. I cannot believe that I'm standing before you again to share about yet another school shooting. I just was reading in the Washington Post. I couldn't believe this, but I I researched it and verified there has been on average one school shooting per week for the last year. Unfathomable. For those tempted to worry about your investments and your retirement, it's been a wild ride on the stock market, has it not? There has been some great gains and there has been some incredible losses that could tempt us to worry. As a nation, we face an opioid epidemic like never seen before. The nation of North Korea is being led by an unpredictable and unstable tyrant And then there are the storms and the trials that each one of you are facing individually in your families. In days that are filled with heartache, broken, and terror, we can be tempted to worry and wonder, where is the Lord at work? Sadly, sadly, many of the stories of God's faithfulness and love and his mercies that happen in the midst of these trials are never shared. But I would invite us this morning to lift our eyes as a new chapter of ministry is formally commenced here at Maple Park. I would invite us to see how God is at work around the world through your church family, the Church of the Lutheran Brethren. Psalm 121 has a beautiful gospel promise in our looking up to the Lord. You see, brothers and sisters, God does not rely on either our attentiveness or our faithfulness before doing good things. He's already doing them. He's inviting us to see and to witness and to proclaim his goodness and his grace at work in our lives and around the world. For Wendy and me, one of the the most blessed times, uh, traditions that we've had here at Maple Park has been our Thanksgiving Eve service. You know what I'm talking about, those who have been a part of that? We leave that service always feeling like there are more stories to share of God's faithfulness, his work in our lives. God's word calls us invites us, propels us to lift our eyes in the midst of the trials known and the ones we will yet face, to be reminded of his power, of his promises to each of us, knowing that our labors in God's mission 
are never in vain. No doubt, there will be days in front of us that will test us, stretch us, exhaust us. When the psalmist says, I lift my eyes, there are days where we only have strength to lift our eyes. But it's when we come to the end of ourselves that we realize it's always been about God's power, grace, and his might. That we are able to do anything in the first place. So over these next few minutes, I invite us to lift our eyes and consider how God is at work among us in three primary ways. Seeing God preparing his church for his mission. Seeing God expanding his church in North America and seeing God sending his church to the unreached around the world. So as we lift our eyes, we see God preparing his people for his mission. And I want to share with you, I've, I've brought some friends with me. They're in the virtual form. They are friends of mine. But I want to share with you stories of God's faithfulness at work. I want to share with you about Ben and Sarah Hosh. It's with joy and anticipation that we in the Church of Lutheran Brethren are ready to send the Hosh family to ministry in Taiwan to join Ethan and Sandy Christofferson, who you had a part in preparing them for the mission field. Ben is a graduate of our seminary in 2016, and he and his wife Sarah share a passion for the ministry among the Hakka people of Taiwan. In addition of the Hosh's important step of, of, in our effort, Ben will serve alongside the Church of Lutheran Brethren in, of China to partner in outreach and evangelistic ministry with a focus in the unreached people of the Hakka. And as I said, they will come alongside the Christoffersons and also the Kittlesons who serve as our missionaries. Lord willing, it will happen this fall. We're thankful for that. I want to share with you Ben's story. And as you hear the story of the obstacles that Ben faced, I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about the obstacles that could be standing in front of you this day. How God can reach in in those times of desperation and wonder, where are you, God? How will you deliver us? And celebrate with the hoshes and anticipation in your life and here at the church, how the Lord has opportunity to speak and act in our time of greatest need. I'd like to share with you, Ben, Hosh's story. In May of 2013, everything was going well. My son was born. I had a job I loved. I had a house with plenty of space and a fenced-in yard. I had the American dream but I felt uneasy, restless, somehow dissatisfied with what I was always supposed to want. It was that time to go to seminary kind of feeling. Then we were audited by the state of Minnesota. We double checked with our tax preparer. He said there was a misunderstanding with our tax forms from two years ago, but we were stuck. We had a bill we couldn't afford at the same time we were preparing to pay for a master's degree we didn't know if we could afford. But we believe in a providential God. We received a check from the Church of the Nazarene in Fergus Falls 
that covered our audit. And somehow we sold our house and found enough money to cover my time at LBS. Some of my friends asked me how I paid for seminary with three kids, and I said, I have no idea, but God provides. God provides, he does. I started at LBS in that little box behind Hillcrest, and I finished in a new facility that had a bigger library, all the equipment needed for distance education, and best of all, it was paid for. God provides for our students because it is people like you who give to the needs of LBS. You provide students like me and others with an accredited education at one of the few seminaries in the nation who try to give their students one of the most comprehensive theological programs possible. While other seminaries are reducing their programs down to two years, making Hebrew optional or even cutting both Hebrew and Greek, LBS is providing students and pastors with a comprehensive education. We start with the tools of proper exegesis of Scripture, including both original languages. We put all of this together in our theology and our missions courses, again with practical theology, putting all of this into practice. Maybe you don't realize it, but I believe RCLB churches are getting some of the best theologically educated pastors in the country. I'm unlike the majority of students at LBS. I applied with the intent to be a missionary, and I believe I was trained to be a missionary, but I took all the same courses as my colleagues who went on to serve CLB churches. Your pastors are trained to be missionaries in our ever-changing culture. They are being prepared to help churches navigate the tough waters that lie ahead for those who call themselves Christians. And I am proud of the men who will graduate from LBS, who will become your pastors. I'm grateful for the professors who train these men and women who will serve in your churches. These are professors who work hard to keep one foot in the current theological academic discussions and the other foot in the day-to-day -day life of the parishioners in our churches. All of this happens because of you. Thank you for your gifts and your support. They are needed and they are appreciated. Hear this from someone who has graduated and is entering the mission field. Your giving is not in vain. I am one of those who has benefited from your gifts and will continue to benefit. I believe in the mission of the CLB as a disciple-making movement, and I hope you do as well. Thank you again for your faithfulness. God bless. Your pastor that isn't being installed today and the pastors that have come before Pastor Adam have been shaped and nurtured by Lutheran Brethren Seminary. I want you to know that. Sometimes we don't know where our, where our pastors come from and what is it that shapes them. And I will tell you, Lutheran Brethren Seminary is one of the jewels of our synod. How they faithfully teach God's word. And not only teaching God's word, but how they are equipping them for ministry and mission around the world. But your pastor has not only been called to teach and point the congregation to Jesus Christ as their only hope. He has also been called to send all of us into God's mission around the world. Maple Park has, as I said, a rich history of planting churches in the Pacific Northwest. And that work, I pray, will continue forward. But there is also a need for a renewed effort to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the people right around us in our communities where we work, where we do life together. As we lift our eyes 
we see God expanding his church here in North America. I want to share with you my brother in Christ and my fellow pastor, Eric Sorensen. Eric, along with his wife, Missy, and their three boys are planting a church in Manhattan, New York. Eric spoke at our recent leadership retreat in Cannon Beach, Oregon, just this last March. And it was just over a year ago that Epiphany Lutheran Church held its first regular service. And those services continue to this day. In fact, they're broadcast on Facebook Live every afternoon, about 2 o'clock our time. I want to introduce to you Eric and let him share with you the mission of Epiphany, which is a mission really for all of us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So as you hear Eric's story, think of yourself and how God could use you to touch the life of another with Jesus Christ. About a year and a half ago, uh, we began searching for a place in, in Manhattan to start a new church. And almost instantly, the Stuyvesant Town area jumped out at us. Here was a place when combined with the East Village housed 125,000 human beings in one square mile. This is a place where families and college students and people from everywhere around the globe were gathered. And this was a place that didn't have nearly enough churches ministering to the needs of all these people. So we moved into the area and almost instantly started trying to develop relationships with people from all over the neighborhood. In a matter of months, small groups started meeting at my apartment. Eventually, we rented out a really beautiful church on 20th Street and 1st Avenue to host worship services. And, and now here we are, a community of people, God is growing, called Epiphany Lutheran Church. I've been asked many times by people outside of the city what the culture is like in the area Epiphany is ministering to. To be honest, that's, that's not an easy question to answer. Uh, like the rest of New York City, Stytown and Alphabet City are, are pretty diverse. Uh, there's a mixture of economic backgrounds, a mixture of various ethnicities, races, and careers. So, so what we're seeing from those gathering with Epiphany is a reflection of that reality. Uh, we have lawyers and we have nurses, teachers, people from the entertainment industry and, and everything in between from every ethnic background joining us. Uh, we have persons of no faith that are asking questions about Christianity to those of different faiths wanting to learn more about Christianity and of course those of Christian faith connecting with us all the time. Uh, so it's been really interesting to see a church being born with people from every walk of life here in New York City. My hope really is that Epiphany would be known as a church that exists for the benefit of Stytown and Alphabet City. That as people connect into our community, they would really be transformed by the love and grace of Jesus Christ and ultimately become people that share that love and share that grace with their friends and neighbors as well. You hear that mission? Sharing the love of Jesus Christ with your neighbor. That's the mission he's called us to. In addition to the worship services, as Eric said, Epiphany is holding regular, regular community group meetings. And these meetings have served as a safe place to introduce people to Jesus as they allow group members simply to break bread and enjoy fellowship with one another. Planning a church is incredibly hard and incredibly expensive, especially in New York City, as you can only imagine. And there have been days where I know Eric has wondered where does my help come from? But time and time again, the Lord has provided. 
Did you see the musicians playing in the worship service during the video? They are from the Juilliard School of Music. New York has its expenses, but it also has its blessings. God has also brought several families who have felt called to bivocational ministry to help develop Bible studies and develop relationships with people in the community. And Pastor Eric reports, God has brought in far more people than I initially assumed, and we are growing faster than I expected. Since our launch on April 2nd, we have seen anywhere between four to 10 new visitors for worship each week, and many of these people are unchurched and have simply walked in from off the street. We've seen God preparing his church in God's mission. We've seen God expanding his church here in North America. But I want to share one, one other area as well as, as God invites us this day with Adam being installed as your pastor, how we can lift our eyes and see God at work among us today. And that is God sending his church to the unreached. Kay Ashy. Kay Ashy is a dear sister in Christ. Last year, the CLB Council of Directors approved a plan to begin sending single women to the unreached women and children of Chad. A traditional missionary family in Chad typically involves the husband engaging in ministry among men, while the wife is by necessity and by choice caring for the everyday tasks of keeping a home, preparing food, providing parenting, schooling for the children. The strategy to send single female missionaries to join traditional missionary families in a village will help us to more effectively witness to wives, mothers, and children where it is, would otherwise be culturally inappropriate for male missionaries to do so. And I'm so pleased to tell you that Kay Ashi is finishing now her training to join our team in Chad this summer. Kay graduated from our seminary in 2016 with a certificate in theological studies and has served as a secretary in a church um, uh, in Barnesville and has also served as the executive secretary to the president of the Church of Lutheran Brethren. As you hear Kay's story, and as you see Kay's life, think about your life. Kay is not a recent college graduate, folks, but she is someone who God sees every minute of her life as an opportunity to bear witness to Christ. Hear her story and hear the role of prayer in doing the mission of God. If I may, can you um, click the advance, Alex? Thank you so much. Well, I'm Kay Ashy, and um, I raised um, six children, my six children, and homeschooled them. And that was the focus of my life, and I, I really enjoyed that. We talked a lot about missions when we were homeschooling, and um, we had a map with the missionaries around the world that we knew, and um, we prayed that one of my children would be able to go 
that they would be a missionary. And I, I didn't think of myself as going. I, I just felt like my life was raising my children and homeschooling them. And then I became a secretary in a CLB church and at Hope in Barnesville. And they started um, praying about if they were going to partner with Bethel to um, adopt the Bagirmi. And my heart just was, yes, we need to do this. We, we just need to do this because there are people that do not know that God is their friend through Jesus Christ. Um, one of the elders asked me, he said, um, what, what do you feel your ministry is? And I knew it was Bagirmi, but I just, it just seemed so out of the order to say it right then, but I couldn't lie. And so I just said, I, I want to go to the Bagirmi. And he just said, you know, I think you'll do that. I was stocking a brochure rack one day, and I'd been praying about how I was supposed to fulfill this call that I felt on my life. And I saw a brochure from the seminary, and it had the verse that God had given me, study to show yourself approved. And I started reading through that, and I realized that I could get the training that I needed. So then I, I went to the seminary, but even all along, I just kept just not really seeing how that could happen. Well, while I was at seminary, Dan Benberg, our mission mobilizer, came to speak, and he spoke about there being a need for some singles to go. And then I thought, well, maybe I could be, but I think they're thinking younger people. And then there was a trip that came up to go to Africa, and I went, and, and I really felt at home there. I, I didn't want to come back. When we got there, I was like, I do not want to come back. I just, this is, this is where I, I'm supposed to be, and this is what God has been leading me for the last 10 years towards. I think my biggest fear when I see right in front of me exactly what God has for me is, is just an awesome fear of him. You know, because you see what he's doing, I saw what he's doing and what, 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 what he's aiming me towards, and that's a fearsome thing to me. And it just brings me back down to my fear of, am I good enough, and then, no, I'm not, that Jesus covers me and, and, and God provides. And, and as I came to the end of my time in seminary, um, the people at Bethel, the women at Bethel, would become involved and they'd ask, what are you going to do with your degree? And what do you?" And I said, well, I would like to go to the Bagirmi, but I, I know it just doesn't seem possible. And, and they'd say, well, why not? We'll pray. And, and, and I started to realize it was a part of the church. It isn't me going. It's, it's the people. It's, if those women would pray, I, I realized if those women would pray, I would go. This is one finger, one end of a finger, and that, I'm part of that. Not, not, I'm not my own. the church would pray. Pray for your new pastor. Pray for the person sitting on your right and on your left. They may be the next missionary. They may be the next pastor. Pray. I want to share one more story with you, if I may. In 2016, the Lutheran Brethren International Mission Department began a work of an illustrated Bible for the Bagirmi people of Chad. And last spring, they completed the first portion called Kup Andanaya, the story of creation. Missionary Nathaniel Zabodi did the translation work. And here this church, Sarah Ronovic, 
a member at Bethel Lutheran Church in Fergus Falls did the illustrations. This is the gift of technology today. We can do international mission work from our own home here in the North American continent. Hear this work as Nathaniel and some very dear partners in their mission work share about this new illustrated Bible. Hey guys, my name is Nathaniel. This is my daughter Salma and my son Cyril, my two oldest children. They have two little sisters as well. And we want to show you something we made. Well, we live in Chad in Africa. And here, there are a lot of people who have never heard about Jesus. They don't know that God loves them, so we're here to tell them. Well, that story comes from the Bible, doesn't it? So we have to write a new Bible in their language that they can understand. And here's the very beginning of it, about the creation of the world. Well, a lot of people here don't know how to read, so we put it in pictures, pretty paintings that everyone, especially children, can understand. Here we have God making people, man and women, in his own image. Well, we have God making birds and fish on the fourth day of creation. You know, a lot of people, I'm sorry, is it the fifth day? You're right, fifth day of creation, thank you. A lot of people, um, here in Chad don't have chairs and tables, they sit on mats like this. And so when you get a big group of people, it's easier to show them something that's big so they can all see. So we've taken those pictures and made it into a big scroll. A scroll that tells the story of the creation of the world. See how it starts all dark? That's the first picture. And if we keep rolling out this scroll, we have God creating the light separating the light and the darkness, and making the sky, and the story goes on and on. Can you hold this side? Can you hold this side? There we go. So if we stood up, we could show a whole group of people the story of creation with the pictures. And it's written right here in their language for anyone who knows how to read. But this is just the first one, the story of creation. Next comes the story of how Adam and Eve were tempted to sin. And then comes the story of Noah and Abraham. And then comes the story of Jesus, how he dies to forgive our sins and give us eternal life with him and peace with one another. That's what we're working on. You can pray that God keeps us healthy and strong to keep doing it. Nathaniel has used this new Bible, illustrated Bible, to share the story of creation with numerous villages in many settings, and the reception to it has been very warm. And as he has mentioned, mentioned in the video, there is work underway for further additions. The church think about how we here in the Linwood area could become cross-cultural, connecting with a culture, a community, that is farther and farther removed from a Christian worldview and requires us to start to think outside the box. Who do we know? How could we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with him or with her? That's our call, that's our mission. Thinking toward the future, AeroCorps is coming to the CLB 
It's a mission initiative designed to help congregations engage their communities in mission for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Arrow Corps teams will be placed in CLB congregations that have a desire to reach out in mission to their community to partner with the established church to bring in a team of 10 to 12 young people and young retirees to work in discipleship formation in the local congregation. So I'm very excited to see how AeroCorps can help equip our congregations for doing the things that I've shown you this morning, equipping the church, sending and planting new churches, sending missionaries out into his harvest field. This is why we're celebrating today the installation of a new pastor. We're celebrating God's work in Pastor Adam's life. But Pastor Adam did not receive a call to Maple Park so that we would celebrate merely God's work in his life. Pastor Adam accepted this call and felt God's leading because he longs to see God lead his people in his mission here in Linwood and around the world. So as we prepare to install Adam as Maple Park's next pastor, it's my hope and my prayer that these testimonies that I've shared with you this morning remind us of the gospel hope for what our Lord is doing through his church around the world. Adam, I know in the eight years of pastoral ministry, you know of the hardships that come to the church and even in your own ministry. But I also know that you know of a faithful God who faithfully walks with you and with his people. May our Lord give you great joy and hope as you shepherd God's people here at Maple Park. And church, may we lift our eyes to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with great eagerness and anticipation of how he will stretch us, grow us, and send us in his mission to the world around us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for your holy word, which reminds us of your story. Meeting your people in times of great need and in times of great joy. Lord, keep us centered in you. May our foundation be your word. May our love and our joy be for your mission to the lost. Give us a heart for our neighbor. Give us a sense of wonder of what you would do through each one of us. Bind us together in unity of purpose and mind, Lord, that we would love one another, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth, that you would find us obedient to serve, to love one another. For Christ's sake and for his kingdom, we pray. Amen. Before um, we begin the formal rite of installation, one of the traditions that we enjoy is the reading of the pastor's vita. Vita is Latin for life. And as I just said a moment ago, part of the joy of this day is to celebrate God's work in Pastor Adam's life. So at this time, I would like to invite forward the elders that are present here today, elders Dan Strandy, Ken Lobey, Jim Rice, and Mike Hayes, if you would please come forward. 
have you over here. I'd also like to invite forward uh, our, my fellow ministers of the gospel, Pastor David Christensen and Pastor Dirk MacGyver. You would please join us up here as well. Give you a moment to come on up. And I will ask Chairman Mike Hayes if he would read Pastor Adam's Vita. Good morning. <clears throat> Adam is a native of the Pacific Northwest. He grew up in Marysville, Washington in a Christian home. Adam began attending Word of Life Lutheran Brethren Church with his family when he was 15 years old. Throughout his teenage years, he grew in his understanding of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Word of Life offered opportunities for Adam to discover his calling. One such opportunity was a mission trip through which God placed a call upon Adam's life to proclaim the gospel. After completing high school, Adam attended and completed Ecola Bible School Certificate in Biblical Studies program at Cannon Beach, Oregon. The time of study at Bible school was an opportunity for more growth through biblical studies and theological exploration. Adam's time at Bible school also prepared and grounded him in the word of God to serve in youth ministry. Adam's time in youth ministry started with a two-year extended servant team program through the Church of the Lutheran Brethren. Through the extended servant team program, Adam was given opportunities and experience in ministry leadership through assisting in developing a growing youth ministry at Word of Life. Adam was also given opportunity to lead worship, preach, and lead Bible study. At the close of the servant team program, Adam was hired as a youth pastor at Word of Life. During his ministry as youth pastor, Adam gained more skill in ministry leadership. As youth pastor in Marysville, he had the privilege of developing a vision and implementing a strategy for an active and growing youth ministry program. During Adam's time of service at Word of Life, he became engaged to and married his wife, Katie. After six years of service in youth ministry, Adam began to feel the tug towards seminary to gain more training and knowledge in pastoral ministry. After being accepted to the Lutheran Brethren Seminary in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, Adam and Katie moved in preparation for theological study. Adam never considered himself an academic, yet his time at seminary proved to be energizing as he fell in love with the study of theology. As Adam engaged in theological study, he served Stavanger Lutheran Church in rural Minnesota. Ministry at Stavanger provided more opportunities to exercise Adam's passion for developing new ministry. One such ministry was a young adults group at Stavanger which experienced growth and was a blessing to many. After completing seminary, Adam accepted a call to serve St. Paul's Lutheran Church in West Falls, New York. Through Adam's ministry at St. Paul's, the Lord gave opportunities to reach many people with the message of the gospel. Many of those at St. Paul's grew deeper in their knowledge of the Bible and God's missionary call upon the church. While serving St. Paul's, Adam spearheaded the development of a Stevens ministry, men's ministry, deacon ministry, and a vision and strategy for evangelism. 
While serving as pastor of St. Paul's, Adam also became involved in the local community by serving as a volunteer firefighter. His time in the fire service gave Adam more opportunities to share the gospel and offer pastoral care during people's most difficult moments in life. Through his time of fire service, Adam was trained as a New York State certified firefighter and in accident victim extrication. He also served as chaplain and as a commissioner of the fire district. God grew the Jensen family during their time in Western New York. Daniel was born one year after arriving in Western New York. Soon Adam and Katie felt called to become foster parents. Through the Erie County Foster Care Program, Kaylee, Santana, and Rebecca joined the Jensen family. After many years, each of the children were freed for adoption and found their forever home as a Jensen. After eight years of ministry in Western New York, Adam and Katie accepted the call to serve Maple Park Church. It is a joy for Adam and Katie to join with Maple Park in the continuing mission of reaching the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They look forward to many years of fruitful and joyful ministries.